Let's say we're praying, and I mentioned it a while ago. Let's say we're praying for a friend to get well. Well, doesn't God know that he's sick? And, and we, doesn't God know that he's sick and that we want that person to get well? And since God is sovereign and in God's plan, he's either going to get well or not get well. I mean, if you think about it that way, we say whether we should pray or not. So that goes back to the two big questions. And so here's the, the first question is this. Why pray if God already knows everything? We are not telling him anything. Does God already know everything? He does he? Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. That's where I wanted you to turn, but I got it right here. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you what? Ask him. He does. He knows everything. So we're not coming to God to give him information, so to speak. We, we may be coming to God to say, this is what's on my heart. This is what's in my life. But we're not giving him information, okay? The second big question, just to think about, is why, pray, does it make a difference since God is sovereign and is, and, and is working out his plan, it's supposed to be is working out his plan anyway? It, does it make any difference? Well, think about this. Isaiah, is God working out his plan? What do you think? Listen to this, Isaiah 9, Isaiah 46, 9 through 11. Remember the four things long ago. For I'm God, there is no other. I am God, and there's nobody like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. You know what that means? Declaring the end from the beginning. He said, I've decided the end from the beginning. I declare it. I tell the end from the beginning. From ancient times, things which has not even been done. I tell things in the past that haven't even come to pass yet. Saying, my purpose will be established. My purpose. I will accomplish all my good pleasure. I'll accomplish what I want. Calling a bird to pray from the east, the man of my purpose from a far country. I'll have a bird come. I'll have a man go. Truly I have spoken. Truly I'll bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely I will do it. Will he do whatever his sovereign plan is? Yes or no? Yeah, he is. So he does whatever he plans. So why should we pray? If God already knows... And since you can't go to God and say, God, I got some information. I know you don't know about Ralph who's sick, but he does. He knows everything. And he's working everything according to the counsel of his will. So what about praying? Well, I've got some things I just want you to think about. Why should we pray? Number one, it shows our submission to him. I want you to think about that. When we come to God in prayer, we are recognizing that he is God. And we're saying, God, you are the sovereign ruler of all things. You created us. We're your creation. You put us on this earth. You told us to pray. You told us to come to you. you we, we, we're coming because you told us. We recognize that God is the one we're coming to for help, for our needs, our petition, our praise, and our worship. We're coming to him. We recognize that. And it's actually a very humbling thing to think that you're not in control, none of us are in control, and when we come to God with a prayer request or an intercession or anything, we're saying, you're God, we're not. We're part of your creation, you created us, you put us on this earth, and we come to you in in humility. Prayer is not necessarily getting what we want, but even saying to God, whatever your will is, Lord. Humility, submission. So when we think about our submission, first of all, it recognizes that he's the creator. He is. We come to him and we say, listen, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who, what, has made us, not we ourselves, we are as people in the sheep of his pasture. Who made us? Who made you? Who made you like you are? Who allows you to be in this world at this time, in this place, in this way? God does. So we're coming to him recognizing that he is the creator of the world and he created us. So when we pray, we're coming as the creation, a, part, a created being to the one who created us. The second thing is that we realize we're accountable to him. Uh, when we pray to him, we're saying, Lord, you, you work all things. 
uh, Romans 4.11, you know, 11, uh, Romans 14.11 and 12, as I live, said the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall give praise to God. Therefore, each one of us will give an account of ourselves to God. When we're coming to him, we're saying, you know, one day we're going to stand before you. How we live, what we do, what we say, what we ask, what, what we want. Uh, you know, and I think about the book of James, we're going to get to it later. Uh, the, he says one of the reasons we don't have answered prayer is that we ask with selfish motives. You ever thought about that? James says that. Because we're going to get to a part that's toward the very end of our study when we talk about why some prayers aren't answered. And we know some of them are answers because the answer is no, and some prayers aren't answered because the answer is yet. I mean, uh, wait, but sometimes they're not answered because we're not in the right fellowship with him to even be asking him. So we'll talk about that, but we, we're going to give an account at each one. The third one is we come to him uh, recognizing that he is in control. So it's our submission to him. We know you're working all things according to the counsel of your will. So when you pray a prayer request, do you say, Lord, I want you to do this? That's true. You can be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Do what? Let your request be made known to God. But a lot of times we say something like this, Lord, this is what I want. However, your will, whatever your will is, Lord, if it be your will. You know, we even sometimes say, if it be your will, let Ralph get well. Okay, because we're recognizing that God is working all things according to the counsel of his will. And so when we pray, we're actually showing submission to God. That We're, we're coming to him and we're saying, God, you're, you're, you, you are our creator. You're, we're accountable to you and you're in control. Okay, that's one. There's a second reason that we pray and that is that it's communication and fellowship with God. I think this is really the key. I think this is the key of the whole thing. I mean, we, we recognize that we come under submission to him when we pray. But this is, we're talking to him. We can come to him anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And we're, it's our communication. It's our fellowship with God. I mean, think about it. Jesus met, we already see that Jesus, saw earlier that Jesus did what? He got up very early in the morning and as was his pattern, he would get off by himself. Well, is he, is he telling the Father anything? No, because they, they both know everything, right? Uh, so, so why did he go talk to the Father? fellowship, right? And so when we pray to God, sometimes we think that prayer is only asking for something. We're going to see in the next couple of weeks, there are five unique words for prayer in the New Testament. And only two of them have anything to do with asking for something. There are three other words for prayer that don't have anything to do with asking. And so this communication, we're to spend time with him as we face the circumstances of life. And we just lift up our request or, and we talk to him and we share with him and we get to know him. Uh, what, what a lot of people call a time like a person gets up early in the morning and they get, some, and they get off by them, by, with the Lord and they have a Bible. Or so what, do they, what do people call that? Quiet time. Well, quiet time is what? You're, you're, you're getting time with God. Now, you, you're with, he's with us all the time, so when you're driving in the car, you can talk to him. When you're walking down the sidewalk, you can talk to him. You, you can do that all the time, but there are times when you just want to be with him, and that's what part of that aspect of prayer. And when we think about it is we talk to him by prayer, he talks to us by the Word of God. And so we have that fellowship and the communion with him. So just remember that prayer is not always asking for something, and even not always even making intercession for something, but it could be. The third thing, and this is one that we got to think through it a little bit. This is a little bit harder to think about, and that is our prayers are a part of his plan. Now, think about this. When you pray, and you have the freedom to pray, your prayer fits in his sovereign plan, which has been established from everlasting to everlasting. 
So let's think about it. Our, he has ordained that by our prayers, he will do certain things in response to our prayers. Think about that. It's really hard to get. We cooperate through prayer. Our prayers are part of his sovereign plan. He has planned and his purposes to bring them about. And part of the way he brings them about is he uses our prayers. Is that a little bit beyond comprehension, isn't it? That you today could pray for something which God ordained from the foundation of the world that a particular time, based on your prayer, he would bring about his sovereign plan. That's why prayer is vital. And you can ask him for anything. And you can say, oh, Lord, please do this. And he does it. And you say, well, he did it. That's right. But your prayer somehow fit in his sovereign plan, which was planned a long time ago, and he planned that your prayer would be a part of the answer of what, how he's going to bring his plan about. I want to show you something from the Scripture. You don't have to turn there, but I want to tell you a story. It's in, found in Numbers chapter 14, starting at verse 11. You don't have to turn there. In fact, don't turn there for a second. I just want you to think about it. Here is God and Moses. And the nation of Israel, Moses came up to be with God. The nation of Israel has rebelled. They got a golden calf down there. They're doing all kind of wild stuff. And God says to Moses, we gotta, you're going to go down because they've already rebelled. And so Moses said, okay. And then God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy them all and make a new nation through you. That's what he says. Okay, let me ask you a question. Based on what you know about God and his plan, could he destroy all the Jewish people and make a new plan through Moses? I want you to think about it. Answer is no. Here's why. Who, who was the first Jew? Abraham. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Of those 12 sons, one was from the tribe of Judah. What tribe was Moses from? Anybody know? Moses had a brother named Aaron, and Aaron was the first high priest, so that gives you a hint. What tribe was Moses from? Levi. What tribe? There's Judah. What was the promise to Judah? The Messiah is coming through Judah. Is that right? Okay, so now they're up on the mountain getting the law. And God says to Moses, I tell you, I'm going to wipe them all out and start over with you. Is that possible? Not in the sovereign plan of God, because what's the sovereign plan of God? That the Messiah comes through the tribe of Judah. Moses, if he wipes them all out and Moses is the only one left, there's only one tribe left. What tribe is that? Levi. Okay. Moses knows this, by the way. Is God doing something contrary to his will? Or is he testing Moses. So he says, I'll tell you what we'll do, Moses. We'll just wipe them all out and start over with you. And Moses says, oh, no, let's don't do that. Because, and Moses goes and says, what about the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? What's the promise? That the Messiah is coming through the tribe of Judah, right? So watch what happens. And he says, no, Moses says, please pardon them according to your unchanging love. So what does God say? Okay, I will according to your word, to your prayer. So it looks like Moses says to God, uh, don't kill them. And God goes, oh, okay, I won't, I won't kill them. Was God ever planning on killing them? 
What was God's promise already? Is Moses' prayer fitting in the sovereign plan, let's put it this way, not to wipe out the Jewish people? The answer is yes. Now, is that beyond comprehension a little bit? Now, let me tell you, you can make a prayer today to God, and your prayer fits in the sovereign plan of God, which he has planned from all time. And your prayer is real, and you can ask whatever you want to ask because he tells you to ask it, and he uses your prayer to bring about his will, which has been from all eternity past. So if you have a friend that's sick, and you pray, and you say, Oh, Lord, please heal that person, you realize that God may have said, I don't know because I don't know the sovereign plan of God. I don't know how it's going to work. But he may have said, okay, this person would die. However, because this person's going to pray, I'm going to use that prayer and answer that prayer and heal this person. Is that possible? Is that beyond comprehension? I can't figure this out. But it's true, right? Is it not true? So when people say, it doesn't matter, God already knows everything, you don't have to pray. Yes, of course he knows everything. Oh, it doesn't matter because God's sovereign. Listen, your prayers fit in his sovereign plan. I don't know how it works. Do you? Do you know how it works? I don't. How can you make a choice today? And you have the freedom to make a choice, whether it's to do an action or do a prayer, and you are accountable for your actions and your prayers, and yet every one of that fits in the sovereign plan of God because is anything outside the sovereign plan of God? Nothing is. I mean, it's beyond comprehension. So think about this. It's Proverbs 16.9. The mind of man plans his way. I'm going to do it, but the Lord, what? Directs his steps. How does that work? Do you have the freedom to make any decision you want to make? Are you accountable for that decision? So if you sin, are there going to be consequences? Yeah. And if you don't sin and do something else, are there going to be rewards or good things, right? Does all of that fit in his sovereign plan? Yes. Are you free to make any prayer request anytime you want to about anything? Are those prayers real? And does God answer those prayers? Yes. Do they fit in his sovereign plan? Yes. How does that work? Is he that great? Yeah, the answer is, he is that great. See, from our side, we pray, we ask, we think, we plan. From God's side, this is all part of the what? The plan. I don't understand it. It's beyond comprehension. God is so great that our free will, our choices, our prayers fit into his sovereign plan. We want to think about it for a little bit? That's deep. And, and I just wanted to say that people say, well, what happened is God just changed his mind. Well, first of all, God does not change his mind. Numbers 23, 19, 1 Samuel. God doesn't change his mind. So in reality, in the sovereign plan of God, was he going to wipe out everybody except the tribe of Levi? No, he wasn't. But in the sovereign plan of God, was Moses' prayer stopping him from wiping out everybody? Yeah, it was. That's his plan. His plan was Moses would pray and he would answer Moses' prayer and they would go on the way he had already gone. Is that beyond comprehension? Yeah, don't worry about it. I shouldn't have brought it up. But anyway, okay. Bring any prayer or any query. Listen to this. Here's what we know. Our prayers are acts of submission and humility as we come to him. It maintains our communication and fellowship with him. And God uses 
our prayers to fulfill his will. Jim Elliot was one of the great men of all time. He and four other men decided that they, they, they had prayed to God that they would be able to go to the Wahudani Indians, which were all sometimes called Alka Indians. Alka means savages. They were called the Al- in, in, in South America. And they prayed, God, please let us go and take the message of salvation to these people. And so they got, they got to an airplane, flew down there, spent months flying over, dropping gifts, doing things, and finally they landed at a place called Shelmera, which Shell Oil Company had bought part of that land, and they were going to, but anyway, they landed there, and uh, a man that they named George, that's what they called him, came and met with them, and they took George up in the airplane. And they told George about God, but God, he, they, he didn't really realize exactly what they were saying. And they ate with George, and they all said things. And then George left and went back into the woods. And before George arrived, they had contacted their wives. He had contacted his wife Elizabeth and said, We're about to meet and make contact. Please pray that these people will come to know Christ. George went to the camp, told the people that... He was afraid of these people, and they were going to come kill him. So they all came, and they killed all five missionaries. And it, became, it was like 19, what was it, 52 or 54, whatever years. It was a long time ago. And it was known all over the whole world. And Elizabeth Elliot, one of the wives, and another one of the wives decided to go back in there. And they went in there and lived among the people. And guess what? They came to know Christ as Savior. Was God's plan that these people would come to know Christ? They prayed that these people would come to know Christ. Did they come to know Christ? They did. It wasn't exactly how they prayed. It wasn't exactly, but God used their prayers. And Elizabeth Elliot went in and prayed. And and uh, uh, what was Marilyn? What was the other? What was her name? What was the other lady's name that stayed? Eudorian? It wasn't Eudorian, was it? It wasn't. Anyway, there was. Anyway, it just so the prayers were answered, but not exactly the way. We thought. We lift up prayers all the time. And in the sovereign plan of God, he's going to answer them. But your prayers matter. So everything you pray, he says, be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what happens? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, regards your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So he is a sovereign God, and he uses your prayers to bring about his will, which he has already decided, which I can't comprehend. Can you? Can you? Um, did you put, did you believe and trust in Christ to give you eternal life? Did somebody tell you? For most of us, somebody told us, right? I mean, sometimes people just read it in the Bible and said, oh, I believe that. Sometimes they heard it, but, but sometimes people told them, right? Did God answer somebody's prayers to bring those people into your life to lead you to Christ? In his sovereign plan from all eternity, did he know you were going to trust Christ? Did he know that he was going to answer certain prayers to bring people into your life? I mean, think about it, y'all. It's beyond our comprehension. So all I want you to know is that we, prayer counts all the time.
Lift them up. And so as we look at this for application, we want to be men and women of prayer because God wants us to pray. How many times does he tell us to pray? Over and over and over and over again. And I want you to understand, we pray because it shows our submission to God. We pray because we maintain our fellowship with him by prayer. And also our prayers are part of his sovereign plan. That's beyond, I I can't comprehend it. So how about some questions, comments before we break? We've got about three or four minutes. Anybody got questions, comments? Because it's a little bit deep stuff. Maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. I don't know. I thought about it. I thought about saying, eh, we'll just go on to something else, maybe like less, the next lesson. But I think, this is, I think this group's okay enough to deal with it, right? God, we can choose A or B, and God has a plan for either way we go. So what God's plan is based on your decisions. His sovereign plan is based on your decisions. So I don't agree with that. Uh, I think he knows which way you're going. And in his sovereign plan, you're going to go one of those ways. But it's still your free choice, and you're still accountable for it. That's some deep stuff. Now, you, yeah, you, I mean, I'm not saying, uh, you, you can believe what you want to believe. I mean, people can believe whatever they want to believe. I'm not trying to make you believe anything. I'm just telling you, I don't think God's sovereign plan is based off my decisions. I think God's sovereign plan is based off his decisions, because he's God, and I'm not. But that's... A good, that's a good view. It's a good view. Okay. Uh, I don't know. The question is, does God... God doesn't change his mind. We already see that from Scripture. But she's saying, what if I'm praying A or B, and God's plan is C, D, and E? Will he ever listen to me on A and B and finally say, ah, oh, yeah, I'll just go B, you know, C, D, and E? I think what actually happens is... Uh, C, D, and E actually come to pass because that's the sovereign plan of God. And what probably happens is... Uh, you say, oh, Lord, I don't know, not my will, but your will. I don't know. It, it, it's hard. And, and I think from our side, we say, oh, Lord, I want that to happen. And they go, thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to me and for doing what I prayed. And God said, I was planning to do it all because I based it off the fact that you were going to pray. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, good point. Here's the point. He said, I think what you're saying is this. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you're saying that when you're living right for God, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart and the desires that are coming up of what God's giving you. And so sometimes when you pray, since you're delighting yourself in the Lord and you're actually saying, Lord, it's not my will, but your will, this is what I, this is what I want, but I also trust you that if this is not the right way, doing that, is that what you're saying? And, and sometimes he even changes our desires that say, well, I really wanted that, but now, Lord, I just, I trust you. I think, I think this might be, but who knows? Well... I know this in my life. There have been times that things have happened that I prayed for and prayed for and prayed for, and it didn't come to pass. And then sometime later, I look back and I go, boy, I'm glad that didn't happen. This is a lot better or something like that. But anyway, this is some hard stuff.